Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... We're an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome in to Kentucky Roll Call. It's Monday, March 6th on the Big Ass Sports Radio. Nick Roush and Justin Kalen hanging out with you here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. No TJ Walker for at least another day or two. He's busy enjoying the slopes out in mountain time. Where it's banquet country, right? Bush. That's what they say. I'm sure he's enjoyed a couple banquets. You kind of have to win in Rome. But we are in March. The madness is upon us. It was a mad, mad weekend. A wild weekend with a lot of stuff happening. Scoots, how was your weekend? It was very long, but very good and very fun. A lot of basketball involved in my weekend. So, very little work. A lot of broadcasting. I, I couldn't be happier. I was. I had a great weekend. And you you got the Colts a W. Yeah. And I got the Colts a you W. It, yeah. Dude. I will. I will take full responsibility for that. Absolutely. So I I, I do. We're, we're obviously going to spend most of our day talking about Kentucky's shocking eighty-eight seventy-nine win over Arkansas. I think that's the only way you can describe that win. Uh, I know Scoots picked Kentucky, but you <laughs> you did it only just for points purposes. Exactly. Um, because. <laughs> Very, very few could have anticipated a Kentucky win without Kaysom Wallace, without Xavier Wheeler. Uh, but the Cats went and got it done. We'll, we'll spend most of the show discussing that. Um, there was some other stuff happening around the weekend, too. We had some exciting conference championships. But I want to start because with the high school ranks, the power outages around the city, um, I think I saw this morning, 81,000 still without power. Uh, JCPS had a call off, so this does harken back to the the Hurricane Ike windstorm, where you know just a lot of schools just don't have power, so mm-hmm. you can't you can't have school. Um, so ho- thankfully, the weather wasn't too bad for those out there who don't have power. To where you know it's not like in the winter time when you you run out of power and it's thirty degrees and you got to stay bumped or negative right. thirty, which we faced earlier this year. Exactly. So <laughs> it, it, at least there was that, but. Uh, there was a lot of different hiccups that come with having widespread power outages, and one of them was uh, they, they've had to move the 6th and 7th region tournaments. So th- tonight they're playing the games at Knights Hall, but Scoots, you didn't, you didn't get to call the games at Knights Hall. 
Is that at Valley? That's uh, Bellarmine. Oh, okay. Nights Hall. Yeah, I was supposed to be at Valley on Saturday. Correct. So my games started at noon, noon and one forty-five on Saturday. So I leave the house about nine forty-five. I was like, I'll I'll get there about ten thirty. Gives me plenty of time to do whatever I need to do before we go on air, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm about oh, let's call it two miles from Valley, <laughs> getting ready to pull in, and I get a text. Hey, get Valley has no power. Games are at Fern Creek. And me not knowing Louisville, I'm like, all right, cool, no big deal, Fern Creek right down the road, yeah. pull up my Waze app. No, it's like 28 minutes away. In the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least you're already out by the Gene Snyder, so you can just hop on, it's a straight shot. Yeah, what road is that that turns into the Gene Snyder? That, uh, the that, Green Belt. That thing is awesome. Yeah, that is a float. fun road. <laughs> I had never drove on that road before Saturday, but man, I had a blast. <laughs> it was it was a good time. But anyways, long story short, I didn't end up getting to Fern Creek until about 11, so I only had 30 minutes to set up, couldn't talk to the coaches at all. It was It was a freaking mess. And the setup at Fern Creek is just nothing like Valley. No, no. I mean, Gosh. yeah, you, you don't have the double-decker gym sort of deal. Um, so it, And then uh, on top of that, that first game, things got weird. Yeah. So if you would, you would you care to elaborate, Scoots? Yeah, so basically from my point of view, all I remember seeing is – what was it? J-Town got fouled. They were down two. It was 14-12, middle of the second quarter. And all of a sudden, one of the referees goes over to the table. A couple people at the scorer's table are standing up. And I'm like, what is going on? And then they, I see them waving down the cops and pointing like behind the score table. Mm-hmm. And then they like kind of give the teams like the like go-to-your-locker-room motion. So both the teams leave the floor, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" Then all of a sudden, I see the scores tables being pushed out, like onto the playing floor. I'm like, "What is happening here?" And they start asking the fans behind the scores table mm-hmm. to leave the gym. I guess cause they didn't want them to see anything. So, long story short, the PA address announcer mm-hmm. at Fern Creek had a heart attack. Well, it it that was what they initially thought. Oh, that's not what happened. Yeah, it, it turns out he. Uh, Excuse me. He had a medical episode where his uh, blood sugar got like dropped like that. Oh wow! And okay. so he just uh, fainted, passed out, for lack of a better term. So it wasn't as bad. Uh, the good news is all is well with uh, Tom DeWeese was his name. Tim. He, Tim. Tim. Yeah. Good. All, all was ended up being well. He just had some broken ribs from CPR, but very scary situation though. Yeah. And it, it one, it made it worse because my the guy that was doing color with me is friends with Tim DeWeese from, like, oh, way wow. back in the day. So wow. he was he was emotional as all get out. As soon as he saw the guy, or as soon as he saw medical personnel and all that coming over, he was like, oh, I hope that's not Tim. And he actually took his headset off and just ran down yeah, there, left, left me on the call by myself. So I had the awkward times of coming back from commercial break and being like, yeah, we're still not playing basketball. Cause yeah, I, and it's not like you have an ESPN studio to go to. I mean, exactly. You're just, Filling time for, how, was it about 30, 40 minutes? 30, 40 minutes, yeah, somewhere in that range. And, and our we were kind of stuck because we were at the point that, so we stream on YouTube. Mm-hmm. If we shut down the stream, you lose everybody. there was concern, yeah, we're going to lose all the fans. We're going to lose the stream. We won't be able to get it back up. So we just made the call to broadcast straight through, which was one of the toughest things I've had to do in my broadcasting career. Man. And you, uh, I mean, I had nothing to say each time coming back. I was like, I don't. 
I don't really know what to say. Well, and it's also, I, I guess if you really wanted to, you could have maybe pulled up other scores. I did. Oh, I did. I touched on like the DeSales and Evangel game and. There was girls' regional games that night out there, so I was talking about that, but just didn't feel right in the it's moment, so you know? Weird. Yeah. yeah I, f- I felt like I should have been focused on that because that was the basketball. It's, it was kind of like the DeMar Hamlin thing. Like, after something like that happens, basketball just seemed so minimal. Mm-hmm. So. But, it, you know, that you well, well done, Scoots. I'm proud of you. That's tough. That's, that's a, it was tough. That's, that's a hard day at work. Fortunately, he's okay. Um, but you, you had to bounce back. You had two two games to call, and they both were, I mean, pretty close, if I'm not mistaken. They it? were, yeah. Almost the exact same scores, actually. 52-49, 52-48. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> J-Town, uh, two, two upsets, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you consider J-Town over Butler an upset? Yeah. And uh, J-Town won the region last year, but I think they were... I mean, they had. They weren't great. Were they sub five hundred going into the game? No, they they, they were starting yeah. the tournament. I think though, right? they were close. They were, Post-season. I think, three games above five hundred. Yeah, but um, and I think that's winning three straight games in postseason play to get to that point. Though they played Butler, who I mean, they had some really good guards. Who, I'm assuming, just kind of went cold. I personally, as a DeSales Colts fan, glad not facing that Butler team again because felt felt a little snake bit. Um, but uh. Yeah, uh, sh- shout out to my Colts. So back in the regional tournament final, that was uh, growing up. I think they went to four straight, and I don't know if we've been back since. You all have not been to a region championship since 2015. So we did get back to 2015. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. But yeah. you haven't been back since. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they played well. I mean, they had this kid, Tyler Klein, who really set the tone for them coming out of the gate. His, he took f- three threes in the first quarter. Roush, I'm telling you, none of them hit the rim. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah, and if you're out there wondering, uh, I'm sure there's not a ton of people who are focused on Louisville high school basketball, but uh, Evangel won their first regional game ever the few days before, and Mm -hmm. they were favored to win it because... They're huge. They have... They are huge. So 6'11", Sear Malonga is going to East Carolina. um, And, I mean, they just got a ton of... Giants, for the lack of better. They got a six-eight guy, six-seven. Yeah, and, and the sales tallest player was six-seven. Yeah, which I I just love the part where they're just like, all right, so we're gonna pack it in a zone, shoot over it. Great coaching decision. Good yeah. job, Damian. Damian Anderson. But so after those two games, I actually had a sectional championship oh, on wow, Saturday on night. Or no, it wasn't sectional championship because with all the movement from the weather, mm-hmm. Indiana pushed back a day. So I had a sectional semifinal. On Saturday at six o'clock. Oh man! So, so I had to bust it straight from Fern Creek to Charlestown. It was about a forty-five minute oh, drive. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> so I was already worried about the timing of it all. Well, and then we had the whole medical episode in Game One. Had that forty-minute delay. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, this is this, this is not going to happen. This is I'm just I'm going to get Charlestown late. And I thought about texting my guy, like, hey, you're going to have to do pregame, yada, yada. I'll get there when I can. But luckily, I made it on time. So, turned out to be a great day. Wow. Wow. Glad, glad you you did make it happen because they're for, gosh, yeah, I would have I been sweating it out as well. <laughs> it was oh, sketchy. I would have been sweating it out as well. But, yeah, six region finals tonight, DeSales versus uh, J-Town. Seventh region finals are tomorrow what like I said, once again, both games are being played at Knights Hall, and I believe that game is Trinity and who was the other team? I just had it pulled up. Um, 
But I, I do like the venue switch, though, because Bellarmine's gym is awesome. So they're not at Fern Creek anymore? They're just going to Bellarmine? They're going to Bellarmine, yeah. Uh, Trinity Mail. So that, that should be a doozy. Tuesday night. Um, we had a huge upset yesterday in the ninth region. Covcath fell to Cooper. That was a big upset. Uh, we also have 13th region final tonight. Reed Shepard is playing for another a second straight Sweet 16 berth against Corbin. Um, they should be the favorite in there. The 11th region, which is in Lexington, Frederick Douglass versus Lexcath, should be a doozy. And I believe we have 14, see the 14th and 15th or 15th and 16th as well out in Eastern Kentucky. Um, I know that they're they're playing one of those games at the Pikeville Arena. So uh, a, a lot of uh, action, high school hoops action happening across the country. We had conference tournament action yesterday. Uh, Scoots, I know you were busy at work uh, at the hotel yesterday, but did you did you get any free opportunities to have some background basketball on? Not near as much as I would like. I mean, I was tuned in here and there for the Indiana game, but before the Indiana game started, I was, man, I was locked in at work. We had an exciting, uh, It's I don't know if it was Big South or Southland. Some of these, there's so many. We have a Big South, a Southland, and a SoCon. Um, So this was UNC Asheville versus, who the hell was it? Uh, man, I can't even remember who it was now. Oh, the Campbell Camels. <laughs> can't forget about the Campbell Camels. <laughs> and the Campbell Camels were the seven seed, and they had the one seed on the ropes. They were about 14 with seven and a half minutes to go. And, man, it got crazy down the stretch. UNC Asheville had a heck of a run to come back. Win, punch their ticket. Um, that was an exciting game. UNC Asheville has a Tennessee transfer, Drew Pember who's 6'9", 6'8", 6'9", white guy, best free throw shooter in the conference, good shooter. Um, that that was a fun game. That was a, that, that was a very fun game. Um, you you kind of just hope you get lucky with some of these where they kind of go down to the wire. And that happened in the Ohio Valley Championship Saturday night. I know some people are all focused on the UFC thing, but I just I can't I can't get into the UFC thing anymore. It just it just missed a good card. It was great. Yeah, just not for me. That's where my attention was after my games. No, it just not for me. So I had the Ohio Valley uh, championship on on my phone while we were watching Survivor. Finally got to watch some. Survivor. Oh, nice. Yep, yep. So that was that was solid. But uh, in the OVC, John Pelfrey coaching the two seeded Tennessee Tech versus Southeast Missouri State. Tennessee Tech hadn't been to the NCAA tournament since the sixties. Uh, I don't think SEMO had been since 98. So really hungry teams now that Belmont and uh, EKU are out of the league. There's a little bit of a power vacuum, so they got a better shot at moving on. And Tennessee Tech was clawing back, trying to get back in it. They hit a go-ahead three with 10 seconds left. And then what do they do, Scoots? Foul three-point shooter. Oh, my gosh. So sends, sends the other guy to the line. They hit all three to go up two with 2.1 seconds left. And then Pelfrey draws up the Leitner play. We get a baseball pass or a football pass, however you want to put it, one-handed pass the length of the court. Guy catches it near the three-point line, hits it for the win. They rush the court. His foot was on the line. Oh. Yeah. Overtime. And even worse, they go to overtime. They're up by four with two minutes to go. 
long story short, the, the, the momentum switched when a dude for SEMO, he hits a corner three that banks, like it, it didn't bank directly in, but it hit the rim twice off the backboard and in, and that put SEMO ahead, and Tennessee Tech could never hit another bucket. They end up, they have that crazy moment, that crazy shot, and they end up falling in overtime. Man. Freaking March, man. The emotion swing. It is. It, March is a wild, wild time right now. Oh, and we also we had a buzzer beater yesterday, too. Did you see the replay of the Houston buzzer beater? I did, yeah. Yeah, which uh, Jim Nance, uh, I, I love the, how they're slowly getting the, their March guys back on the call, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the final few weeks, we're going to – CBS is airing some extra games, so we're going to get those guys in. Nance, uh, I, I think we've mentioned it on this show, but he got his start as a Houston grad – Calling games for the Five Slamma Jamma. Yep. So, Houston is the Final Four host this year. They're going to be a one seed. Did you know Jim Nance was college roommates with Fred Couples? I think I did. he was. He was a manager on the golf team. There we go. That, that okay. Okay. Uh, he wasn't good enough to make the team. But this is going to be Nance's last Final Four. Correct. And so he's starting it. He's he started it with a bang with a Houston buzzer beater, and uh, which it was not an easy look either. Not an easy look at all. Um, that could have been a big win for Memphis too. Yeah, they're they're probably safely in, but that would have been a all right. You could probably get a seven ten game instead of an eight nine game, which I believe they were last year as well. Um, but March, it's exciting. It's fun, almost as fun as uh, watching the Wildcats just put it on Arkansas. It was a weird game. It was a strange game. And it was an historic game because Antonio Reeves put up 37 points, tied with Oscar Shibway and Malik Monk for the third high-scoring game of the Calipari era. It's it's just outside of the top 25 all time. He's one of only eight players to ever score 37 plus in a true road game. Scoots. Wow, for Kentucky, pretty impressive. Yeah, I got to listen to the whole second half of that game on my ride from Fern Creek to Charlestown and. Man, Goose and Tom were going crazy with Antonio Reeves. And Reeves did it by only hitting two three-pointers. Yeah. Only two three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he played a lot of mid-range. A lot of mid-range. Um, and he also got to the free-throw line a lot. I mean, yeah. this was... And hit them all. Yeah, hit all 11 of his free-throw attempts. Um, it was a very chippy game. A lot of back and forth. Uh, and... That's kind of what you expect to see from Kentucky and Arkansas. But I think even under Kentucky-Arkansas standards, this game was, I mean, it it cranked up the physicality uh, and created a lot of crazy moments. We're going to talk about them, but I want to get to our first break, kind of reset, exhale. We'll get to the Thornton's text line, too. A lot of text. 502-414-1450 is the number. Thornton's. Big business was booming with the power outages between people mm-hmm. getting ice. Uh, my dad, you know, he was like, oh, no coffee maker, got to hit up the Thorntons. So stop in, get your supplies to survive without power, or just fuel yourself for the day. A nice little hot coffee. Nice Red Bull. Got one, at, donut. got one at Thorntons this morning. Oh, man, gas was only, it was less, when it's less than $3, it just puts a smile on my face. <laughs> And you get even more off with the Refreshing Rewards app. So download it today. Visit Thorns and don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to break down all of Kentucky's 
88-79 season-ending victory over Arkansas to secure the number three seed in this week's SEC tournament in Nashville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We're going to talk about it all when we return on the Big X Sports Radio. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. We're back. Yeah. It's March, baby. (laughs) Nick Roush, Jessica Allen. Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Roll Radio. Call. Man, music just gets you fired up. Got the juices flowing. Six days away from Selection Sunday. Kentucky in that kind of 6-7 range, depending on what happens this weekend. They picked up another quad win by winning on the road at Arkansas to get that three seed in the SEC tournament. So they'll play Friday night at approximately 9.30 in Nashville. Looks like it's going to be either Vandy or Georgia. Likely a rematch with Vandy. Two teams you've struggled with. Yeah. Yeah. Revenge game. So they should at least be on their toes. John Calperry didn't he, – he had no case in Wallace update. But the I think the sort of line of thinking was sit him versus Arkansas, save him for the SEC tournament. Hopefully not all the way to the NCAA. Because it'd be, it'd be nice to get – a couple dubs to just build some momentum, right? Yeah. See, see the shots go through the hoop. Because it it took a lot for Kentucky to be able to gut out a win at Arkansas. John Calipari was not shy about the health of C.J. Frederick. Um, he said he was Kentucky's most impactful player, even though he only played uh, 15 minutes. At two points, and they were just from the free throw line. But he was—he—he's still feeling his rib injury. In the meantime, so you, you couldn't lean on him for primary point guard duties. That was Antonio Reeves, but the other point guard was Jacob Toppin, who I thought did an excellent job handling the ball uh, in open space, making sure that Kentucky could get its offense running. And I think that's where. Against Vanderbilt, they really struggled to when, – when, when they didn't have time to prepare for life after Wallace, the offense struggled to know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew what they were doing on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and now it helped that they had some shot makers, right? Kentucky shot 53% from the field. and They, they weren't light enough for three. Only four made threes. But two of them were huge. And they were by Jacob Toppin – Late in the shot clock, just delivering right when Kentucky needed it most. Arkansas cuts the game to five, and Toppin gives them a little shimmy, a little step back, bam, with one second on the shot clock, nails it. Next time down the floor, they force a turnover. Should have a runaway duck, dunk, excuse me, but the pass is errant. 
Toppin has to save it from going out of bounds. And then Adutiero gets a dunk, which might have been goaltending. But gets the lead back to 10. A few minutes later, Arkansas chipping back. It's probably five, six minutes left. They got within six. Kentucky's offense looking a little stagnant in the half court. What do they do? Jacob Toppin. Little step back. Bam, bam, boom. Huge three to get the game to nine, and it never really got close after that. So Jacob Toppin, 21 points on the night. Uh, Kentucky now 10-1 and one when he scores 15-plus or more. Uh, his third 20-plus point game of the season. Not that it matters for our little pick game, but is he MVP? No, Reeves 37. 37 points. My, my roommate made a case for Toppin last night. We were talking about it, and I was like, Reeves, easy MVP, right? And he was like, oh, I'd probably give it to Toppin. I mean, Toppin made the big shots. But... Well, and Toppin was, from all accounts, like I said, I didn't get to watch any of it, but he was bringing the ball up the floor, no? Wasn't he playing, like, acting as a point guard they for both, a lot I of mean, the game? They were sharing, him and Reeves were. I mean, that's impressive. Dude's what, like 6'8", and he's bringing the ball up the floor? Oh, it was. Don't, don't get me wrong, but Antonio Reeves, I just want to share some of the names he's ahead of when you look at the Calipari-era scoring record. So Malik Monk, 47, against North Carolina. De'Aaron Fox had 39 in the Sweet 16 versus UCLA. Shibway had 37 and 24 earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Monk had 37 in an overtime game against Georgia. But just, here's some of them. Jamal Murray against Florida, 35. Terrence Jones versus Auburn, 35. Deron Lamb had 32 versus Winthrop. Kevin Knox, 34 at West Virginia. Three times Sheboy had 30. Quickly had 30. Shea Gilgis had 30. Ewis had 30 against A&M in that SEC championship game. Brandon Knight had 30 against West Virginia in the NCAA tournament. Some outstanding performances in there. 29 for Bledsoe in the NCAA tournament. But Reeves is above them all. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. An unexpected, outstanding performance that Kentucky needed because early on, Scoots, Sheboy was dominating that game. He was well on to a MVP-like performance. Oh, yeah. But it's like the way that opponents are trying to beat Kentucky is let's, let's, let's try to rattle Oscar, right? Typically, it's defensively what's, what's doing the pick and roll. Arkansas, that's just not Arkansas Razorback basketball. Arkansas just wants to just fight you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I love about this rivalry we have is that it it feels very much one-sided. Of course, we love we, we love to beat Arkansas, but, man, Arkansas fans, they just hate Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They hate John Calipari. It's, it, it's just such a fiery, passionate hate. And – they do it by really just trying to roughen you the hell up. It doesn't matter if Nolan Richardson's coaching or if it's Mike Anderson or if it's uh, Eric Musselman on the sideline. They're trying to rough you up. And the Mitchell brothers, that's kind of what they did to Oscar the last time, and he didn't play very well. And this time, early on, they're trying to rough him up because that's the only way they can stop them. When he caught the ball at the top of the key, he was just blowing by guys. Or when he caught in the low post, he was pump faking and using his muscle to just work his way around him. He could not be stopped. He was playing so well. 
But the pushing and shoving got to him. And there was one play. It was a play before the play where Oscar had his hand on a defensive rebound. And he kind of got shoved around. The ball goes out of bounds. And he just immediately stared down Mikhail Mitchell. <laughs> I mean, was just... And I thought he was going up to get in his face to fight him. But it was Arkansas ball. He was just, you know, going up to guard him, quote-unquote, right? I mean, that dude, he was just ticked off. He was locked in. He was in the zone. So the next time down the court, I don't know if it was the next time or if it was a couple of possessions later, that's when we first get into our real shoving match. Is that when their arms got tangled? And Oscar just went Lost for the elbow. Yeah. yeah. Just right to the face. <laughs> yeah. It ends up, fortunately, that Mitchell was turned around and it kind of hits him in the neck. I would like to state, first and foremost, very pro this in sports. Every once in a while in basketball, you should just have to eat an elbow. Like, that's that should be the cost of doing business in basketball. Mm-hmm. Very much pro elbows and faces. I've caught plenty. I've delivered plenty. It's just, it's basketball, all right? We don't need to throw people out because they're throwing bows. But that's now the rule. It's, uh, I'm not a fan of it. In fact, I was taught back in the day, this is your real estate. If you're pivoting and the guy's in your face and your elbow just so happens to hit him in the face while you're pivoting, then that's his fault. He shouldn't be in your face. You have the right to that space in front of you. So I'm very pro what Oscar Sheboy did. However, it probably should have cost him in the game. Well, go ahead and count your blessings for inconsistency amongst referees. Yes, because he did not get tossed. I love, I mean. Should have been tossed. I agree with you. Because you got to think about the intent behind it. And his, his intent did not look good. I mean, he wanted to hurt him. The part that worried me was that it was from the shoulder up. And Gene Steratore made it sound like if it's shoulder up, it's like an automatic toss. Mm-hmm. Now, if you hit him in the chest, I guess because they said it was his neck, he, he, he got off free. I don't care. I'm happy for it. And you know what? He deserved to stay in after the way that Arkansas tried to sell it. I- Wait, what kills me, Scoots, don't be the guy that's over here trying to start fights and then go put an ice pack on your boo-boo because he hit you so hard. <laughs> He threw an ice pack on his forehead. <laughs> he didn't even get hit in his forehead. It was ridiculous. At what point of the game did this happen? Oh, it was... First half? Yeah, yeah. Six minutes in, maybe. I mean, it was early. So what happens if Oscar gets tossed? How does that game, how's that game look different if he's not in? How about saying it's ball game? But it's ball game. And I, I think more so from a mental standpoint, right? Because you're on the road. It's a hostile environment. And not only do you feel at a significant disadvantage inside having to play Collins and Ware the whole time, but also it, it would be chumming the waters for the Sharks, right? Arkansas would just be headhunting. Because that was kind of their – I'm sure that was part of their goal was we got to get Arkansas – got to get Oscar out of the game because mm-hmm. he's the only way that we're beating us. Um, and he still had a good game despite all of this because on top of that – he got a flagrant foul later on, and the flagrant was even – it seemed even – it was less than the elbow he threw. Wait, he didn't out. get a flagrant at all for the elbow? No, they just called a double tech and let it be. <laughs> what? Which I was shocked that they didn't add at least the flagrant. 
the the lower level. So game, that's right? not even that's not just one, but two times that Oscar should have been out of the game. If if they call that right, that should have, should have been a flagrant one. Yeah, he would. And then he picks flagrant. up another flagrant yeah. later. He should have been kicked out. The second one was just like he was going to get like his his hand. It was just it, it, it smacked a guy in the face when he, after he got a rebound, right? Like it just kind of happened. Which that's why I think the way they review things is so stupid mm-hmm. because a lot of this stuff like that's just basketball. Sometimes you get smacked in the face when in the line of duty. It, right. it just so the rules right now are. Way too ticky-tacky when it comes to getting hit in the face. Sometimes it just happens, right? Like, you don't need to, uh, you know, follow the war crime and <laughs> hold a tribunal in Vienna. You know, it's just it's a little over the top. I'm sure there's plenty of folks that are going to disagree with me on the Thornton's text line. But that's kind of where I stand with it. Uh, Oscar did end up those scoots. Like th- it started adding up, and then they fouled him out with five and a half to go on the most ticky-tack block with just somebody driving through the lane. The guy lost the ball, and they called a foul. Were you worried at that point? I, I wasn't too worried because I-, I was more worried about Arkansas being able to come back with cheap offensive rebounds. Um but I wasn't. I, I didn't immediately get into like, oh god, we might lose this game because it was it was a ten point game. Yeah, you know, and Reeves and Toppin were playing well. They were knocking down their foul shots, um, and Livingston did rebound well. So I wasn't too too terribly worried. It was just funny because as soon as Oscar fouls out, Collins comes in. He immediately fouls in. Say, hey, if you're Damian Collins, you use those fouls, man. Yeah. Lance, I think also had four fouls. No, Lance did not. Uh, Lance got a technical. He did. I he got that, a technical. Yeah. Uh, he. I, I feel like Lance Ware earns his. I'm curious too, Scoots, because another big turning point in the game that helped get the Kentucky lead up to 10 was Devontae Davis just lost his mind and was teed up for getting mad at a call. And then as he's by the bench, said something else to the refs, and then got his mm. second one and ejected. And I just, I just want to know what words warrant that, those ejections. I always wonder that. Cause always. It's, it's got to be a specific word, right? And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think necessarily. I mean, the referees have a certain sort of pride about them. If you like, hey, F you, man, then all right, see you. Well, because they're going to talk to me like that. Coaches MF them up and down. Yeah. So oh, the I, whole game. So I just I don't I I wonder what could have been it that got Devontae Davis tossed, but I believe I believe that was their first trip to Bud Walton since Cal Perry got tossed back in 2020 with Emmanuel Quickly and Co. And that was one of the most fun games I've ever been to. Um, it was with my dad. We were in the upper deck, and you. If you go back and you watch the highlight of Cal getting ejected, quickly he's holding his ears because it was so loud in that arena. Um, and then Kentucky goes on a run. They win in that game as well. Um, but I just love it. It's just ejection. It, there's going to be at least one ejection when you play Kentucky and Arkansas at Budwald. Is that the best environment in the SEC? I saw a lot of that this weekend. I mean, Rupp is Rupp. But from uh, they're bringing it. Like Arkansas fans care – they care about basketball the second most behind Kentucky fans. Because even like Tennessee, they'll just be like, well, well baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll move on. Uh, Florida fans, they've already moved on to baseball. 
the, so like there's they 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 bring it right they they bring it they 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 care um, as much as anybody so that that's what makes that that place a lot of fun um, to to go play a basketball game. Speaking of Emmanuel, quickly, you've brought him up twice now on today's show. Did you see him last night? You know, I didn't see his final stat line, but when I was, I, I spent a lot of time last night watching the, after the kids went to bed, watching the the Southern Hoops documentary, catching up on it. Watched the first one and a half of those on Rupp and you know basketball and segregated fifties and sixties, and uh, it. Uh, so I missed it, but when I was like changing channels, they were. You know, the finals is the first thing that popped, or not the finals, but that was the first thing that popped up on my TV. And they were talking about Emmanuel quickly. What kind of stat line we were seeing? I mean, it was incredible. I- I've never seen anything like it. First of all, the game was absolutely unbelievable. Nick Celtics went to double overtime. Celtics had every opportunity to win it, but then every time they had that opportunity, Emmanuel quickly just went nuts. 38 points. Wow. Eight rebounds, seven assists for quickly last night. Oh, go ahead and add in. Four steals and two blocks as well. Wow. Just an unbelievable performance. See, and that was the the remark that the announcer made. He was like, man, Emmanuel quickly getting it done on offense and defense. I mean, Julius Randle had 31-9, and nine and nobody was talking about Randle. It's crazy. Because quickly just went crazy. Davis had like 40-8 and eight as well, or like 18 or something like that. Too. AD? We say AD, you want to be in my family? <laughs> um we digress, though. Back to Kentucky-Arkansas, because there was one other really funny thing that happened in this game. It was, just, it was a game full of hijinks, Scoots, and since you got to listen to it, you didn't get to see some of the silliness, but at one point, Cal got a bench warning because... I did see this, yeah. Because... <laughs> the chairs... Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, too, coaches are on the court all the time. Yeah. But, like, I... I do think he didn't have a lot of room to operate on the sideline, so he made everybody back up and watching them <laughs> slowly scoot their chairs back. Because the thing is, two scoots, uh, you, you sat in some of those basketball bench chairs. The the nice ones are very comfortable. Oh, right? yeah. Heck, yeah, they are. But they're also very clunky and difficult to move. Mm-hmm. So watching them scoot back clumsily, it, it cracked me up. <laughs> well, and then you just had, you had Bruiser and Jen just cracking up as Cal's telling them to move oh, back. Oh, man. So funny. <laughs> yeah, I saw it yesterday. It gave me a good laugh. So damn funny. <laughs> um, I love fired up Cal. When, he, when he's fired up and throwing a little fit and everybody else is just like, it's not a big deal, coach. It's That's oh, my favorite man. Cal. Oh, man. It was a great game. A great coaching performance by John Calipari to get his team ready for that. I mean, I know he's not. Wait, say that again? A great coaching performance by John Calipari. Wow. We've turned a corner. Well, you know, we go We have turned a corner. You got to recognize when he does a great job coaching, and he did getting his team ready to play without a point guard. I mean, think about this, Scoots. They were without two point guards and two centers for the final five minutes of the game. Mm -hmm. And they close it out. Yeah. And closing out games was troublesome previously, but this team, I, I just no game more perfectly encapsulates this season though than this one. Because every time you count this team out, they bring their best effort the next time around. And every time you think they've got it figured it out, they 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 lay an egg. They're wildly inconsistent. Wildly inconsistent, which 
makes it exciting, right, to follow because you just don't know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. It can be frustrating at times, but at least you have somewhat of a reason to be optimistic. My only problem is is that we've only seen them stream together four games in a row, and you know if they if if the four in a row happen at the right time, they could end up going to a final four. What are what are your thoughts on the regular season as a whole? Just overall, big picture, what do you make of the regular season for Kentucky this year? Well, the final record, if I'm not mistaken, is 21 and 10. 10, yeah. Which is just, it's average by Kentucky standards. Mm-hmm. It's not good enough. Now, compared to where they were and how they salvaged the season, I mean, it. all, all things considered, it, it's it's – Better than what I expected following the South Carolina loss. Because that that South Carolina loss, that was on the heels of getting blown out at Missouri. And not only did you lose to South Carolina, I mean, you lost them at home. Mm-hmm. So it made you wonder, are they going to beat anybody any good at all? Kentucky had no quality wins until middle of January. So they, I, it really was a... Uh, uh, an impressive job of scrapping something together and giving us potential reasons to be positive. And if you can keep winning in the NCAA tournament, then there, there's reason to believe that it isn't going to like, like we can, we can get back into talking ourselves into final four bus next year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if you finish sloppily here in the postseason, then we're going to be, Right back to square one. And as like it said on the show on Friday, you just got to end that stupid NCAA tournament trial. You have to, or else it's going to be a long freaking offseason. Well, and we'll hear nothing but, oh, John Calipari, it's his last season. Got to let him get this recruiting class, but uh, he's gone after that. He can't coach anymore. Yeah. But then you're in here saying great coaching ever. That's why I asked you to repeat it, because we haven't heard that a whole lot this season. Even when, because I watch it from an unbiased point of view, even when – Cal has a great coaching performance. There's things to nitpick, and and Kentucky as a fan base does that with the best of them. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it could be a standout coaching performance, but Cal didn't do this. Cal didn't do that. His rotations were off, so everything was all clunky. Like, just give the man some credit. So I was I was glad to hear you give him some credit today. Yeah, yeah, and and that that's um, you know the 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 big picture isn't as pretty as we would like it to be. But in the here and now, Kentucky is at least in a position where you feel, okay, I've, I've seen enough of this team. If you get them all playing well together, they, they are good enough, but I just don't know which team's going to show up. And yeah. that, that's really uh, ultimately the hardest part about all of this. I mean, you don't know which team's going to show up. At the end of the day, though, they're just kids. And we've talked about it ad nauseum on this show. They're, it's really, really hard to win a college basketball championship. Really, really hard. I mean, and, and I agree with you. I think Kentucky has all the pieces to be able to do it. My roommate disagrees with me, but I think Kentucky could do it. Absolutely. It's, it's just a consistency aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been wildly inconsistent all season long. But they entered the SEC tournament where you've got likely a revenge match in the opening round. And on day two, A&M or Auburn, I feel like you like the way you met A&M's good. They end the season with a win over Alabama at home. 
but they, they they don't have those athletic guards that really put your defense in a bind where you feel like you got to go out score somebody to win. Yeah, I mean, out of the top four, A and M's the one you would have wanted to play. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think out of the uh, the SEC tournament odds, Kentucky's the third choice. And I don't even think um, I don't uh, was A was A and M the second or the fourth? They're second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but you feel like you got a, a nice little draw there, mm-hmm. um, and you know we'll see what happens. You know, I, I I don't I'm hesitant to bring it up because I've brought it up a couple times the last few weeks, but comparing Indiana and Kentucky side by side is scary. I mean, scary even down to the conference tournament. Like both teams got the three seed, both teams got the double bye, both teams have a revenge game in their first game of the tournament. You know, both all, both teams twenty one and ten. Both teams post. both teams won no. twelve conference games. I mean, it's the similarities are endless, and I I want nothing more than for however the tournament shapes up for there to be a potential Indiana Kentucky matchup. An IU Kentucky Sweet Sixteen would be so freaking fun. I, I don't even care. I, Indiana could very well lose that game, but I just think the overall aspect of that game, just looking at it from a college basketball fan standpoint, would be a blast because they are stupid similar. Well, uh, how, how about Indiana as a four, Kentucky as a five in Louisville in the Sweet 16? Oh, my gosh. You think that would bring a crowd? be great for sports. Right that would be unbelievable. Too. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I don't. I mean, I don't care if they play in Des Moines. I just pro- want them to play. It probably doesn't happen, but yeah, that. Let your dream big, Scoots. We're yeah. six days away from selection. Sunday, I'll have my fingers crossed for six straight days. <laughs> who who uh, who could Indiana potentially play in the Big Ten? Uh, we're gonna play Maryland yeah, in should, the first game. Take care of the business, right? Yeah. Well, Maryland beat us earlier this year. That's why I said it's a revenge game. But we only played them once, and it was at Maryland. And they destroyed us. Didn't get them on on the home turf. It was not good. But yeah, they play. I think Merrill or Minnesota or whoever finishes the eleven seed. Maryland should win. Gosh, Minnesota was so bad. This yeah, year. they were. Whew. But you know what's funny is <laughs> Maryland won se- or Minnesota won seven games, four more or was it three more than Louisville? And Minnesota was awful. Like I think I really think Louisville would beat Minnesota. Yeah, I don't think maybe so. not. Yeah. That might be ludicrous. <laughs> has uh has the bet been paid out yet? Not yet. No, we should uh settle this week. So real excited about that. Because Louisville will start their ACC tournament tomorrow, and they will end their ACC tournament tomorrow. Well, I mean, you never sometimes who they got. I didn't even see what the draw ended up as. Frisky, I'm trying to look that up, but the the, the Big X Internet not been great as of late. Florida State is the scuttlebutt that I saw. Let me see if I can find it here. Just I don't know what's going on with our era here. Mine's working just fine. <sighs> Jerk. Louisville <laughs> women's basketball did lose in their conference tournament final. That was Trevor Kelsey's fault, by the way. Oh, did he jinx the cat him? So he texted me on Saturday after Indiana women got beat by Ohio State, and he said, men or women, gender be damned, Indiana loses in the Big Ten tournament. So then I saw Louisville lose yesterday. I texted uh, him right back, gender be damned. <laughs> yeah, Indiana blew the biggest. It was a Biggest comeback in Big Ten history when they lost that game, Scoots. So, Man. Tough. But Louisville's going to play Boston College. Who, That's winnable. Especially because they've lost. I mean, hard to beat a team three times. Boston College has beat Louisville twice. Mm-hmm. 
But is it hard to beat Louisville three times? <laughs> Many are asking. Nope. But then they got North Carolina if they're able to get past Boston College. So their run will not last long. North Carolina needs some wins too. They do. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that they're so close to missing the tournament? Ranked number one in the preseason. Yeah, and they had a chance to take out Duke. That would have been I mean, not but that's the best win you can pick up is beating Duke in ACC play. And they went messing around. Kyle Fapowski. I'm glad Duke isn't good enough for me to care because right. he would be so hateable. He is, yeah. God, he's, he reminds me of, uh, gosh, who was the dude that got the sleeve as soon as he left? Christian, uh, was there a Christian guy that played center at Duke? He was a post. Christian Leitner. No. <laughs> um, Mick, Mick something. Mick something. Give uh, Mick something. He played in like the mid 2000s. Mick, um, right after. Collison? No, his last name, Mick something at Duke. I don't know who you're talking about. Gosh, somebody help me. I'm dying over here. On the Thorns text line. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, gosh, this is going to kill me. That's who he reminds me of, though. Josh Mick something. Mick, McRoberts. Uh, McRoberts. There we go. Josh McRoberts. All-time D-bag. You're welcome. So Flapowski reminds me of <laughs> Let's read a text or two on the Thorns text and before we get to our daily double break. Scoots, thanks for throwing me a lifeboat there. 502-414-1450. <laughs> if the arrow could just hold on to the ball. Oh, that'd be nice. There was also there was one really frustrating turnover with Lance where he gets a hard rebound, takes a dribble, the second dribble is what cost him because the second dribble gave the guy enough time to anticipate the passing lane. So Tucky could have been off and running in transition. Instead, he gives up an easy bucket going the other way. Some really, really dumb little turnovers there. Dang, I didn't realize the arrow played 24 minutes. He had to. He had to. Only two turnovers. That's not terrible. Yeah, yeah. Could have been worse. But, um, and you know, th- his big thing is, is, uh, Finishing around the rim, two of six, and a couple, and you know most of those shots are within five six feet of the rim. If he can knock those down, be more efficient, it had really really helped the cats. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he you know, he was a three star recruit, late bloomer, getting his feet wet, getting some valuable minutes. Didn't he reclassify too? Didn't he a reclass guy? Or no? No, he was just late under the rainbow gotcha. radar kind of guy. Um, but we're getting late. We're running up against it. Let's get to our daily double break. And uh, let's get to some more Skinnerd. Come on. RIP, last remaining member of the band died. Leonard Skinner, just great American band. Guitarist. I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm going to butcher it. But RIP, thanks for the, the jams. You'd play me a song dude, and take another drink of wine. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome 
Welcome back into hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Monday, March 6th here on the Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, extended weekend getaway, still out. Can we call this what it is, Roush? It's a vacation. Yeah, it's a vacation. If you got to miss three work days, it's a vacation. Technically four, I think. Well, three and a half. She'll be out tomorrow. Correct. Which uh, I got to break some news to our loyal listeners. We are, we are just taking a break tomorrow. Woohoo! Not only to recharge batteries, but I've also uh, going up to Ohio today uh, for uh, funeral. So mm-hmm. there's just a lot of stuff happening. Uh, we're just gonna exhale tomorrow, take a break, get the whole gang back together on Wednesday. When the cats don't play till Friday. Yeah, yeah. But should have some conference tournament action going on. Hopefully I'm still celebrating a six-region win. That's what it is, is I'm just going to get drunk celebrating <laughs> a six-region win. Am I right? Am I right, Scoots? Hey, you can watch it? You going to watch it? Did you watch any on Saturday? No, no. Oh, you should have. You missed a well, great call. I, I think if I put my eyeballs on it, I jinx them. Because mm. every time I go, they mess up, so I just kind of follow along on Twitter. Gotcha. That makes sense. I think that's in my best interest. Gotcha. Today, though, do you know what today is, Scoots? Uh, Monday. And you know what that means? Uh, first day of the week. It's a great day to go to Salsaritas. That's right. What's your favorite thing you get from Salsaritas? <laughs> That's really kind of an unfair question. Because there's so think? many things that you like. Yeah, there. I mean, I, I, I eat burrito bowls. I eat quesadillas. The tacos are phenomenal. That's what I'm saying. Burritos. Do you, do you have one in particular that no. is your go-to? No, I switch it up. Oh, I, I've never, fun fact, I've never gotten the same thing. From Salsaritas oh, twice. Yeah. This was great because they have so many different ingredients exactly. and combinations. Yep. And as you alluded to as well, there's so many different ways to eat it because you didn't even mention the nachos. And that's what I do. Ooh, I, I haven't gotten the nachos. I do nachos, chips on the side. That's the, the, the Roush way because they're wildly addictive. That's my way to really get my fill of wildly addictive chips uh, because they're so good. If I don't do full nachos and, and I just get a side of chips and salsa – I'm I'm just gonna want more wildly addictive chips because mm-hmm. I'm wildly addicted to them. They're that good. Try them for yourself at either one of their two locations. They have one in Middletown with a drive-through on Shelbyville Road, and one on Hubbard's Lane in St. Matthews. It's Salsaritas, simply the best. So how do they do that? They just put all the toppings in a bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And you scoop and it, and then you just scoop your mm-hmm. chip into it. Okay. I'm gonna have Which, to try. By the that. way, with March Madness coming up, I can't just get a bunch of Salsaritas to have around. It's a great sitting around and just eating all day sort of treat. Well, and if you want to know the secret, extra seasoning, I'm telling you. I am telling you. For the wild addictive chips? Absolutely. I'll it's, keep that in mind it's when a I must get my play. Salsaritas order in before the madness begins. Uh, in addition to the March Madness, we also have spring practice over at the Joe Craft Football Training Center. That starts today. Mark Stoops is going to speak with reporters uh, a little after 10 a.m. And the way that UK does it, Stoops is a big fan. Like, coaches hate the the helmets-only practices, but it's part of the acclimation period. So they get 15 practices in either six or seven weeks to get them done. Is the NCAA rule. So what they do is they, they get all three of the – the white practice is over with before spring practice. Kind of get them out of the way, or excuse me, spring break. So we're going to get them out of the way, take next week off for UK spring break, 
and then come back with a with a marathon of sorts. So uh, you'll be getting updates for the most part on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday mornings with kind of stop and starts um, over the next six weeks or so. No spring game because the turf is being pulled up at Kroger Field. Um, they're opening practice April 1st. And I, I figured out the reason why they're doing that date, Scoots. It's, uh, it's the start of most high school spring breaks. So that way they can host as many recruits as possible that week. And it's before a lot of spring games, too. thought it was an April Fool's thing. Yeah. Didn't you say April 1st? I don't know. Stoops doesn't strike me as an April Fool's kind of guy. No? No. Really Are you an April Fool's guy? Well, Duke is. This is his birthday, so. <laughs> got to tell him every year that he, he's, he's an April Fool. Got to tell him every year he's the joke. <laughs> yeah. I, when he gets older, I'm going to have to do some pranks. But <laughs> for now. I'd be starting him now. Give him, give him one memory every year on his birthday. <laughs> Just a funny joke. See, that, that's the problem, though. Expectations are high if you do that. That's so true. you don't you don't want to set the well, bar you, too high. You, you got to start with a bad one. <laughs> oh, trust me, there will be some bad ones. <laughs> there will be some bad ones, but you'll get the chance to see him. That's a Saturday, um, and then they run into the problem too. Easter weekends, the weekend after that. So they're they're going to do one that Saturday, and uh, yeah, it should be exciting. Should be an exciting time at spring practice. I'm gonna be keeping a close eye. Like it'll be it'll be fun hearing them talk about Devin Leary throwing the ball well, right? The receivers having a rapport, like, oh, Liam Cohen's back. It's good to have this offense where things are just simplified. You know, we'll we'll get to see highlights of some of these receivers making big plays, but the real what everybody's focused on is what's happening in the trenches on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Who's playing tackle? Who's playing guard? Who's on that right side? The fact is, is, we don't really know how confident they are in these guys until May when the second transfer portal window opens up. These guys perform well, then uh, it'll be a quiet period. But if not, they might have to go out and get reinforcements. So this is the time now for Jeremy Flax, DeAndre Buford, Wallaball. All those guys, Tanner Bowles, transferred from Alabama. Can you play right tackle? Go show us. Go show us. Between That's that, a lot of names that have been there for a while. You would expect one of them to be able to step up. Hope so. Hope so. At least in Wallabaugh's case, you know, he was only a second-year player last year. They asked him to do a lot. Usually, guys are solar cookers. It's usually year three for them. Um but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Same thing with quarterback too, right? Destin Wade or Cash Aaron. We'll find out in May and when that transfer portal window opens if they feel like they need to go get another player to, as a competent backup. Um, but they already got some transfer portal guys at cornerback. Jansen Dunn and J.Q. Hardaway competing at the boundary. That, sh- that should be fun. I think Hardaway might have the leg up, but you, you never know in these things. Hardaway's the Colga guy, right? It's Al- Alex from Colga's guy. Yeah. So, we'll be keeping a close eye on those all spring long. Hopefully, they open up more than one spring practice. Um, and that starts today. That starts today. Sweet. Starts today. So, we'll have updates Monday, Tuesday, Thursday this week, week off, and then more three days a week. I think Louisville begins their spring practice this week as well. So, uh, a lot of football action across the bluegrass. We did wrap up the NFL Combine over the weekend. 
Will Levis threw on Saturday. And the way they do it, Scoots, is they split them up into two groups. So in his group, it was Stetson Bennett was maybe the second biggest attraction, right? Mm -hmm. There weren't a ton of them. Um, But it was just hearing Daniel Jeremiah pump the brakes a little bit, but the way that they talked about they were they were just oozing all over Levis about how great he was. And the thing is, though, is for some of these guys, that was their first time seeing it in person, and there is a – you hear it. You hear the ball come off his hands. You see it. It's just different. That's the way Stoops has always put it, and that's the simplest way to go about it. Mm. But I liked – you know, Jamie Erdahl is was sideline reporting, and she was next to the second group of wide receivers who were doing their vertical jump, and everybody just kind of stopped to watch Will Levis throw there for a minute, like, whoa. <laughs> they, they could hear it, and they kind of, all right, we got to see what the hell's going on over here. <laughs> so, uh, Levis did well. Now, it's going to be fascinating to follow along here down the you know in the next coming weeks because Levis did what he was supposed to do and then Anthony Richardson kind of did what he was supposed to and that if not more yeah I mean it, it was bet like it, he broke records right with his numbers mm. um, I mean I don't have them all in front of me but like that's what you, that's the reason why he's a first round pick without being very good because of his athletic intangible or his tangibles right like. He ran a 4-4-40. He had a 40-inch vertical. I think it was a new record for quarterbacks. He had a crazy broad jump, and he did it 245 pounds. I mean, he's just a freak athlete, an absolute freak. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it'll be fascinating to see kind of where things shake out over time uh, between those. But Stroud threw, and, you know, Daniel Jeremiah said it was one of the better throwing performances he remembered. So, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of shakeup from the top down, but there's still probably going to be probably four quarterbacks in the top ten. Richardson probably got all all the way up to the top ten. Did you have any moments up in Indy that just completely surprised you? Maybe a performance, some something somebody said, or anything like that. Um, there, there's some story time that I might save for another day. Okay, that's fine, but. We did uh, run into an, and it wasn't really as surprising, but we ran into a NFL scout who he said he'd been doing it thirty some odd years or something, and that was our Friday night. Was just talking to as many NFL scouts as possible at Kilroy's. No, no, that that was a different night. So okay. Friday night, you know, it was bad weather. We went to a dive bar that was right across the street from the state capitol, and you know, a half block away from the JW Marriott. Scout Central. And where we were, we're, we're sitting at the corner of the bar, and it was just, that was where the scouts were going to kind of get away and eat. And we ate a fish sandwich, and we're just drinking, cutting up. Couldn't find a fish fry? Yeah, we, you know, we, and we didn't want to meander too far away from downtown. I gotcha. Um, because we wanted to go kind of rub elbows with some scouts. And, and we ended up, uh, it was fun, some of the conversations we had. I bet we talked to a dozen of them, give or take, throughout the night. But the funniest guy that we talked to Dude had been in it 30 years. She's based out of Seattle, national scout. And I bet he had 
six martinis in the 30 minutes that we were talking. <laughs> I mean, he was pounding That's them, so disgusting. Just throwing them back. It was incredible to watch this guy, the veracity, the ferociousness at which he was putting back these dry martinis. And uh, now he works for the Jags, I want to say. Okay. He was with uh, he was with another team for a long time, but he's recently with the Jags, and so you know it was funny the the Urban Meyer stuff. But uh, when we you know we told him we were with Kentucky, and he's like, "Man, your guy, we love your guy." It's like, yeah, Fortner, man, he's amazing, and that he's he's one of those scouts' dreams, right? Because if you pitch him and say, "I like this guy," then you pick him in the third round, and he starts every game for you. That's a you know. That's, you know, we're, we're doing a damn good job at our job. Right. So, uh, it was a lot of fun. Just curious, how does one walk into a bar and recognize an NFL scout? I mean, they just all are. Uh, you just so, assumed everybody in there was? Well, at the dive bar, you could tell. Because it's, it's, there's also a typical demographic. It's a lot of mid to late 30-somethings, bigger guys. But, I mean, some of it's because they wear their team gear. You know, almost everywhere. Oh, okay, yeah, Some of them sense. have their press passes still on. You know, I mean, they, they have a look about them. Gotcha. Um, a surprising look that I saw a lot was the polo, the short, short sleeve polo with a vest on over it. Hmm. From yeah. Scouts? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, they, they, they rock that one a lot. But then at the JW Marriott, it was a little bit more buttoned up, and some of them weren't uh, – so some of them were scouts. We ran into some assistant college coaches. So it was a little bit of a uh, little bit of everything. He had some media there. Jeremy Fowler was there hanging with uh, Bruce Feldman. Um, so I went and introduced myself to Bruce. But uh, yeah, just um, that was a fun night. Did y'all stay at the JW? We did not. No, oh, okay. that much more expensive. We were at the Holiday Inn, just a little bit of ways. But it was man, best pizza rolls I ever had in my life. Or after. Those two stops. The the JW is where I stayed the night I broke my arm on the scooter. Oh, wow. Man. Most uncomfortable sleep I've ever had. Did you just have PTSD? A little bit. Yeah. Hard to believe that was almost two years ago. A name that will stick forever. I love it. The scooter dingus. (laughs) Um, One final thing on the combine. Chris Rodriguez did not participate in the on-field workouts. Mm-hmm. Carrington Valentine only did the jumps, didn't run at all. I'm not. I don't. I don't really know why with Carrington, but with Chris, I learned that he's he's dealing with a little bit of an injury, so he's in a again until pro day. Yeah, they're trying to keep it quiet. So I'm I'm keeping it quiet except for our loyal KRC listeners. <laughs> it's because I love you guys. Tayshawn Manning ran too, and it's just so funny to watch these big guys run 40s. Did How you see many? the guy who got hurt? No. Yeah, dude at the end of his 40, like, pulled up with a hammy. Oh. Uh, big linemans. I'm like, God damn it. They don't sprint. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, that, that's <laughs> it's not what they do. I've, I've never really the understood. he got hurt. I've never understood the lineman running the 40 in the first place. Yeah, and it's I mean, what do you need to know that speed it, for, for running down a, t- a ball? It's mostly to get their 10-second split. Because they measure the first 10 seconds to measure explosiveness, and that, that's mostly what it's for. Makes sense. Um, there was one guy at BYU who had a 37-inch vert, and it was higher than Amari Cooper, um, A.J. Brown, like all these crazy guys. He's a receiver? 
No, he's an offensive lineman. What? <laughs> and he had a 37-inch vertical. Yeah. That's incredible. Crazy. These dudes are freaks. Oh, and one other thing. There's this tight end. For, so the big three tight ends, uh, Kincaid at Utah, Michael Mayer, Notre Dame, and Darnell Washington, Alabama. Those are the big three. But there's a dude at, at from Old Dominion who posted the best RAS ever, which RAS is just an aggregate um, score, for the lack of a better term. It's just like we're going to place one value on your athleticism based on all of your combat numbers, measurables, everything. Best score in the history of RAS, which goes back to 2003 uh, for a tight end. Wow. So if you need a tight end, you can find one in this draft. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of them out there. How many Kentucky guys were there this Hell, weekend? Even Laporta tested well, and he's a tiny guy um, from Iowa. Uh, four. So there were four, okay. but um, – So you had Valentine, Levis, Levis Rodriguez. Yeah, n- nobody did everything, right? Like you had Levis throw, but, and he jumped, but he didn't run. Carrington didn't – he just jumped. and So, yeah, it was a, it was a little bit of stuff from everybody. But um, we did speak with him. All those interviews are up on KSR and on the KSR. Who was the fourth page. one that I'm missing? Tayshawn Manning. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to the Thornton's text line before we get to our final break. 502-414-1450 is the number. Another texture says, I'm missing freebies and letting them right back into the game. Yeah, there was a couple around the rim they had to finish. A couple of them. Another texture says, I wonder if Kaysen is going to have a quote-unquote procedure now that he sees how good Jacob Toppin is running the show. See what they did there, Scoots? I do. That's pretty clever. Pretty clever. Does he need a procedure? Is that the scuttlebutt? No, no. It's just a severe Wheeler joke. Because, see? see, Yeah. <laughs> Another texture says, that game was two and a half hours. Yeah, the refs, you knew they were going to start really blowing their whistles when things got chippy, out of hand, out of control. They were calling everything. That was a long one. Really a long one. Alex from Colga here. Oh, hey, Alex. HBT MFC. Still don't know what that means. All about them MF and cat. Ah, there we go. Also, Scoots, congrats. You have rent free in my head. Can't see Bruce or two gum without thinking of you. <laughs> that dude has to burn some serious cows just chewing gum. It really is impressive. Really is. Over here burning 100 calories a day just chewing gum. <laughs> oh, it's more than that, I promise. His jaws have got to be ridiculously strong. The jaws of life. <laughs> the jaws of life. Let's go do our final break, wrap up the text line when it. we return. Talk more. Clean up the cats in Arkansas, that win. Maybe we'll look ahead a little bit to the SEC tournament. More conference tournament action this week. Championship week. It's the most wonderful time of the year, right here. Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Big X. Roll Call. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to 
Ride till I can't no more I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road I'm gonna ride till I can't no more I got the horses in the back Horse stock is It's championship week Kentucky The Krause, Justin Kalen Hanging call. with you on a Monday Looking sharp, looking fly, because we're rocking our shady rays in the studio. Oh, man, I left mine at work yesterday. If they're not still there when I get there today, I'm going to be so ticked. Well, the good thing is they have a replacement pair of problems. Hey, that's right. You lose them, you break them. All you got to do is just tell them. Pay a small processing fee. Boom. Those shades right back on you. Not only do they look good and make you feel good, they're also very effective. If you're a fisherman, you got to have those polarized shades. It's kind a of a very cheat code. useful tool, one that TJ's using while he's out on the slopes in Colorado. Check them out. Use promo code BIGX. You'll get 25% off at checkout. What can go wrong? Absolutely nothing at ShadyRays.com. During the break, Scoots just said, man, how cool is it to dunk? It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's all I've ever wanted in my life. Scoots just really wants to dunk. I just want to rise up and slam one down with all my might. It is pretty cool to dunk, but one thing that I have noticed that I'm really glad is happening. Dunking does hurt your hands. So for those who have never done it, it does in fact hurt your hands. And especially if you just do like a one-handed sort of deal. If you do two and grab on the rim, which is the only way I ever did it in a game setting, because I was, you just worried about missing it. So with two hands grabbing on the rim, it's guaranteed to go flush. It doesn't hurt as badly. But refs can get overly sensitive about hanging on the rim. True. You know, I've noticed they've really scaled that back some. They have, yeah. Which, I haven't seen it too many which times. Which is so necessary because I feel like a lot of the times, like if you're going to dunk, like a, a, a small hang on the rim is necessary. And there was a couple dunks in the game, Kentucky-Arkansas game, where I was like, oh, I thought I thought he might tee him up for, you know, the way this game's going, I wouldn't be surprised if they teed him up for hanging on the rim. But I feel like this college basketball season, they've given him a little bit more leeway. Mm-hmm. It's necessary. Well, it's not just college basketball either. It's been the same in the NBA. Like Tatum last night had a dunk – there was no need for him to hang on the rim, but he kind of pulled himself up, did a little three or a one eighty spin off of it. I was waiting for him to call it. They never did. Let him have it. It's similar to the football celebrations for me when somebody scores a touchdown. If if you're athletic enough and can get open enough to slam one home, let him have some fun. Like that's an exciting play. Well, especially I mean I don't I just don't understand why it's a rule. What what what. Is hanging on the rim some sort of problem they have in this game? Yeah. I mean, the the punitive damage for hanging on the rim if you miss is a goaltending. But that's not why that technical thing is there. I don't understand it. Uh, and, and if anything, if they're showing them up too much they can and they're hanging on the rim, well, the other team can bust it back and get in transition, right? Yeah. So, like, I, I, I feel like it's very unnecessary, and I'm glad that they've lightened up on that rule because it's a very stupid rule. You think potentially it could be a safety thing? They just don't want them putting that much pressure on the rim for that long? Potentially breaking the backboard. They don't really do it, though. Yeah. Um, you know, when was the last time a backboard broke? Uh, actually, Brownstown earlier this year had a kid go up and break the backboard. Huh. 
on a dunk. That's crazy. He's, go- he's going to Purdue next year, of course. Is he a big guy? Mm, he's about 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, okay. Coach's son. But hell, like hell of a player. Another eight-foot-tall guy? No. Did you see Zach Eady cut down the nets? I didn't. He didn't even need a ladder, No, nope, he? he did not use did a ladder to serious? cut down the nets. Yeah. <laughs> when Purdue won the regular that season Big Ten title. Yeah, very funny. Very funny. <laughs> oh, let's get back to this Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. Scoots, in the meantime, can you look up uh, if we got any championship game, games tonight? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, check, check it out for us. Fire Cal and hire Nate Oates. Some people are just idiots. You know, it was bad. We overreact. Things happen. They do. They do. FYI, the New Albany game is streaming on IHSAA. Oh, good to know. Probably shouldn't have sent that one over. <laughs> New Albany did end up winning, though. Uh, when UNC fires Hubert Davis and Ian Jackson decommits, do you think Kentucky can snag him this time? I don't think they'll be that quick to pull the trigger on Hubert. I mean, even if he stinks next year, I don't think they'll fire him. He ended Coach K's career with a loss in the Final Four. Got two championships, by the way, tonight. Okay, what games? You've got the Sun Belt Championship, South Alabama versus Louisiana. Ooh, which, by the way, I'm glad you... Louisiana... um, Check their record scoots. Is it 22 losses? Louisiana? Yeah. They're 25 and 7. What was the, the, the. There's a team. You thinking about LA Tech? There's a team in their conference tournament right now that if the internet would work, because I just. I favorited this stupid tweet. But they, they suspended their coach in the middle of the season. And they have. Um, let me see here. 20. I mean, it's something like 22 losses. It would be the most losses ever by a team in the NCAA tournament. Um, yeah, it is uh, Lafayette. So, okay, that's why I got it mixed up. Lafayette is alive in the Patriot League at 10 and 22. <laughs> 10 and 22. Crazy. They won in overtime yesterday to stay alive in the Patriot League. Did you see Fairley Dickinson's getting in because the team that they lost to in their conference tournament is in their fourth year of transition? Well, what was wild was that the game for the NCAA tournament wasn't even broadcast on a real network. It was on their conference's streaming platform because Merrimack is the number one team in that league, mm-hmm. uh, I think the American East. And, yeah, it's similar to Bellarmine where they, they was the, the D2 jump. They couldn't go to the NCAA. So when Fairley Dickinson won their semifinal game, they stormed the court because they knew they were going to the tournament. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what's the other game we got tonight besides uh, – so South Alabama, Louisiana, uh, do we have a line? Uh, Louisiana minus one, which is surprising. South Alabama's 19 and 15. Louisiana's 25 and 7. Yeah, South Alabama upset somebody to get to the, the Sun Belt Finals. Sun Belt, fun, fun league. Surprise Marshall isn't there. I thought they were a good ball team this year. And then you've got the SOCON Championship. Ooh. Chattanooga at 18 and 16, taking Back on there? Furman, 26 and 7. I'm, I'm on Furman. They're minus five and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm on, I think I might hop on that. The Paladins are looking for their first NCAA tournament since the 80s. Really? Yeah, they're the, uh, they're the favorite. I believe as well. They were the Correct. one seed yeah. um, in that in the SoCon. So um, even though Chattanooga's back without Lamont Paris, they've been there before. They won it last year uh, on a buzzer beater. Um, 
I'm, I'm riding with the Paladins. We got a lot of semifinals tonight, so tomorrow should be fun. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's going to be a, a great day, which which is perfect because then uh, I, I believe tomorrow the ACC tournament will start. Correct. Correct. And the yep. Big Twelve, like or no, Big Twelve is a day. They don't have to. I don't think so anymore. Either way, that's when we start getting the daytime basketball. Does SEC start on Wednesday? Yeah. Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Yeah. So, the most wonderful time of the year. It's here. Back to our texture, though. I don't, I don't think they're going to get rid of Hubert Davis right away. Even though he is underachieving, having Ian Jackson, having that run, right? They're, that, uh, they're in good shape. That's the thing, though, is a lot of teams have dealt with injury stuff this, this season. UNC really hasn't. They've just been terrible. I don't, and I don't, I don't get it. Did Brady Manick really? Were they? Is he really the straw that started their drink? Apparently. Whew. Watching the game on recording, but I love nothing more than seeing a butthurt muscleman crying the whole game. <laughs> Some of the memes from him, his facial expressions during that game were oh, great. Man. Yeah. Oh gosh, the must bus. He's he's going to be one of those that we end up scratching off of our list. I think. Of potential cow replacements, because mm-hmm. he's a big raw raw guy. He's a good recruiter, but they've been really disappointing this year. And I know Nick Smith missed a lot of time, but still, they're they're closing the season two and five. I want to say, who's ending the season worse, Arkansas or Tennessee? I'd say Tennessee. Yeah, and losing Ziegler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could be. I mean, they could lose on Thursday, and you wouldn't be surprised. Mm-mm. Which they would lose by a low-scoring effort. Speaking of, Western Kentucky season ended by scoring 37 points in their conference tournament game. Woof. 37 points in a college basketball game. Yeah. Not great. Not great, Bob. Another texture. This is the finish. Went five. Kentucky went 5-1, and one, missed state on the road, Tennessee home, Florida road, Auburn home, Vandy home, Arkansas road. And the one loss was Devaney at home. Pretty crazy. Yeah. This team stinks, and we have to keep that narrative. Keep the good times rolling. Seriously, though. Motivating them. <laughs> I love that it's, you know, if I need to be the trash talk, then I'll happily be the trash talk. <laughs> It was nice, though, Cal, after the game. Saying something to all the people who have their power out across the state. I'm sure, you know, you might, you're probably listening, and this is your only thing you've got, right? It's just a radio. Because, um, really, I mean, it's everywhere. Is there anyone that loves the people of Kentucky more than Cal? I'm sure there is, Scoots, but to your point, he he tries to think his – Fans after wins. Well, he does a good job of reminding them that he appreciates them. Um, when at, least, at least I think. like He, he kind of goes out of his way to do that while saying, it, the ones who were really there for us, who weren't you know, saying all this stuff, and it's like, I don't tell people how to fan, but whatever. I don't really care. Well, I mean, and I could just be completely wrong with this, but when it just comes off so genuine with Cal. Cal just seems like a genuine guy. I could be way off base there, but in sometimes my he does. Sometimes he feels like he's just full of it. 
It's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. But I think he does, when it comes to service and community, like, I don't think he's phony baloney in that. Right. I think I think he takes how he treats the kids seriously, he takes his faith seriously, but sometimes he just feeds his bull crap in the media, where I think he's just lying through his teeth. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, afterwards, uh, the Kentucky coaching staff, uh, they were they were posing for pictures in New York, which I guess that's where Boogie Flanned is, but they were with Slice eating at a sp- uh, dinner place, uh, the former UK assistant, Slice Rorson. But uh, Boogie Flanned, guy they really like in this 2024 recruiting class. Another guy says, guys, Jacob running point was kind of awesome. Are you with me or am I still drunk from Saturday? It's clear that he does well with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just abundantly clear. Um, and I thought it was a smart play by Cal because, you know, Toppin may not be beating his guy off the dribble as much, but he's much stronger with the ball in his hands. If somebody's applying pressure, which you really are if you're guarding somebody that big, but that that's one thing with Reeves. Reeves can be a little – if you've got a good defender on him, he can be weak with the ball. So, having Toppin out there was smart. And it is funny that in back-to-back years, we've had these games where you're playing unconventional point guards and you win both games. Last year, it was the crazy comeback with Kellen Grady knocking down a ton of threes to beat Alabama. But you could see a path of knocking down a ton of threes. That, that wasn't the case here. And that game was at home. This is on the road. Grady ran point guard in that game? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Grady, Grady and Mintz were the... I believe it was Mintz. Mintz might have been out too. I know Wheeler was out. I was going to compare that to the game on Saturday, but what what it does for Kentucky having top and control the ball is it allowed Reeves to play off the ball and allowed Reeves to find open space on the floor to get those thirty seconds. Yeah, like points. They, they could still run some stuff for him because I mean, he could run off screens. If, right. If right. you think about who the obvious replacement is with Wallace and Wheeler being out, it would be Reeves. I mean, you would expect Reeves to have the ball in his hand, bringing it up the floor, but with Toppin doing that role instead, just open the floor up. Whew. Man, it was um, it was a good win though. <laughs> it's a good win on the road. Just so hard for me to, <laughs> so hard for me to imagine. Like they freaking won that game on the road, Bud Walton, <laughs> that point guards, and all only making four threes. <laughs> and it. it, it and, and the week, and the day before, they were terrible for the mid-range, and then they go and do everything for the mid-range. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Crazy. Never know. Basketball's crazy. Another person says, in regards to TJ's uh, time at the water park, do you all know if he went to the Great Wolf Lodge in Colorado? He went to Opry, right? Yeah, it was Opryland Gay- water park. Gaylord? Yeah. Yeah. Another texture asked, Roush, if DeSales makes it a state, will you be going to Reparina? You're damn right I will. Why would I? One time in my school's history has, has, have we gone to Rupp. You bet your sweet buns I'll be there. Plumley, bro, it's really embarrassing you still spell Roush wrong. Drop the C, pal. Oh, yeah. We'll have a – the one thing I, I may – I have to admit I did look ahead. It is the 11 a.m. game, so you can't really have like the pregame party at KS Bar. If they mm-hmm. win, then there'd be a postgame afterwards. Mm-hmm. By the way, can I just say that I love the way Kentucky does it in terms of playoffs? So it was 6th region on Saturday, but we had referees from the 10th region. So I like how they give another region's referees because, my gosh, 
whatever the 10th region is, and I have no clue what schools that is, that's where I need to be. Those referees were letting them play. Holy <laughs> smokes. There was so many fouls that they did not call. Well, yeah, It was almost like I was watching football at some see, point. See, and that, that's the one thing that always hurts Louisville schools is – the game is just played so much differently in the city of Louisville. It's mm-hmm. so much more physical. It's a lot more athleticism. It's just different. It's just a different brand of basketball. And I think I think it hurts them in the state tournament. Um, Maybe so, yeah. Because they're either not – they're accustomed to getting a certain amount of calls. They're accustomed to a certain style, and it just doesn't always help them. Um, so, well, it'll be, it'll be fun to follow along. Hopefully my Colts are there, though, Plumley, bro, and I'll be – I'll be going crazy. Just got to win tonight. Now that uh, the emotional high of watching Antonio Threaves turn into the human torch has worn off a bit, don't think it's hyperbole to say this Arkansas game should be just as much, if not more, remembered as the Jacob Toppin game. His ability to bring the ball to the court, run the offense, stay calm in pressure situations, and hit two massive three-point shots in big moments in this game can't go underappreciated. I don't, I don't think it does, Texture. I don't think it does. Scoots is trying to lobby for him to be MVP. I am. And, and you know, I I don't know if I said it on the show on Friday, but I was certainly thinking it in the lead up to the game on Saturday. It was – they needed Jacob Toppin to have a big game mm-hmm. or else they weren't going to have a chance. He was, he was awesome on Saturday. Absolutely outstanding. Outside of the scoring, though, didn't do a whole lot from a statistical span- standpoint. Only had four rebounds, four turnovers as well. Well, and that, that did kind of hurt him from a – because typically he cleans up a couple offensive boards That's off true, the glass. Yeah. So when he's a little bit Being farther top, away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another text says, I've yet to see Shane Sharp go for 37 in favor. <laughs> <laughs> Great text. <laughs> Man, speaking of, their, their big guy, Nick Smith, at one point I thought he was going to get teed up too. He was losing his mind. They were rattled. They were rattled by those refs. Oscar after the game said too, yeah, I can't let the refs get to me. <laughs> For lack of a better term, I've got to relax them when um, they're pushing and shoving around and they're not calling fouls. What's the deal with him this year? You know, I mean, it's like last year he was so cool, calm, and collected seemingly in every moment during every game. And now this year he's just been – he's had a couple basket case moments. Well, but I think that's – I think a lot of it has to do with the opponent because last year there was such a – what are we going to do about this guy? That I mean, people have seen him more. I think they're starting to yeah. figure out like the only way we have a chance is to just push him and shove him and try to just take him off and get him mentally out of the game. That's a good point. He was more of a unknown last year, right, right, right. And it also felt like a fool's errand to try to push him and shove him around last year, you know? Because oh, what's that going to do? He's not going to move anywhere, right? So. The Lance backcourt turnover after Toppin's block was worse than the St. Peter's loss. Okay, it wasn't that bad, but, man, that did suck. That did suck really bad. That was the turnover I was talking about earlier, Scoots, where he mm-hmm. took one too many dribbles, and you're just like, gosh. Well, Lance shouldn't have the ball in his hands. That's issue number one. Yeah, he just got going a little too fast, trying to get that break going. One of my biggest criticisms of Toppin earlier in the year is that he wasn't really defined as a basketball player, despite his, his elite athleticism. He's proved me wrong over the last two months. Ball handling, initiating offense, passing, taking and making threes. The taking and making threes has been essential in his development. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, do, do you know he finished 50% in SEC play from shooting from three? Really? Out of how many, though? It was, I want to say 13 or 26. Okay. Which is 
exactly what you want. Like, you do not need to take a bunch of threes, but when they're giving them to you, take them. Well, there's been a lot of times this season where he has been given threes, wide open threes, and he just passes it out. It's almost like he turns into Russell Westbrook for a minute. Like, Get scared that he can't shoot. Which is, I'm glad that over the last two months he has worked his way out of it because the offense cannot function well when he is given shots like that and not taking them, not a threat to it. Because, as the person said, too, he might be maybe our best post-entry pass player. Mm -hmm. So if you're not a threat to shoot at all, they're just going to double down right away. The fact that he's making them is is forces defense to respect him. He's, He's playing great basketball. And really... He's deciding games for Kentucky. Is he the best post passer because or post entry passer because he spent some time in the post and, and I, has an understanding of it? I think that's a lot of to do positioning and yeah, all that. Yeah, when he definitely has the guy, knowing when that guy is definitely sealed mm-hmm. and uh, that sort of stuff. Just just have being ready, uh, being prepared. Another texture on the Thornton Sex on 502-414-1450 says, Manuel Quickly, by the way. Yeah, we gave him a shout-out earlier. He was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Knicks, Celtics yesterday got the win in double OT. John here. Good, happy Monday morning, everyone. Great victory for our Cats. Am I wrong for saying Arkansas rims look stiff as ice in December? And I do not care. If there is a microphone on their goals, I still believe their rims sound like an old rusty trash can on a rundown alley. <laughs> you know, because you don't see those metal trash cans too much anymore. No, you don't. It's because those things weigh a thousand pounds. <laughs> so heavy. So heavy. Man, our cats are catastic. Since the last few weeks, this team has shown a lot of fight. They've gotten better at finishing out games. And right now, we're not completely healthy, so we can't say that they are peaking too soon. In fact... We're doing it at a pace that feels like something special is brewing. Would well, you like a cup of championship bound, my friends? <laughs> do you all agree? Got to go. Talk to you later. There is an aspect of when you have these late season injury scoots, I wonder if returning somebody, how much it throws off potentially the chemistry when that person returns. If it's just a one-off and we get Case and Wallace this weekend, I don't think it'll be the case. Yeah. But you never know because that's that's happened. Like that happened last year when guys coming back from injury, it just something, something wasn't meshing right. Well, and that's the thing with this situation is I I do believe it's way different with Wallace and Wheeler, just because Wallace hasn't been out that long. So if he he's able to get back in a timely manner, I don't think anything will be disrupted. Now with Wheeler. If he come, if he's able to come back and still accepts that role off the bench and is the rah rah guy cheering on his fans and all that, I don't think anything will be disrupted there either. But if he comes back kind of with an axe to grind, might be a little yeah. sketchy. Yeah, and that's what I worried about. Kind of what happened last year is coming back and yeah. in a different role. At least now the role is known. But I'm not expecting Wheeler to play anymore for Kentucky. No, no, no. Just don't. Don't see it happening. Hmm. But I've been wrong plenty of times this year. That's what's hilarious about this team, man. You you just just when you think you figured them out, they go and do something different. They're just they're I, all over the place. I do think at this point, with the way Kentucky's played the last few weeks without Wheeler, I don't know that you necessarily want him back. 
But to say that he wouldn't help this team is ludicrous. I mean, he he would absolutely help. You the just team. you need the bodies. Yeah, you need the bodies. Um, I mean, you can't go six seven deep in the tournament and expect to win. At least this six seven deep. Exactly. Because all it takes is one game of Casey Wallace guarding their best player, getting in foul trouble. At least you know now, though, that you can handle that in a pinch with Jacob Toppin kind of helping with the ball handling duties. So there's that. There, you you at least know that. You can keep the boat afloat, um, stop the ship from sinking, as Oscar Sheboy described it. You can. You, it's exciting. Yeah. Gosh, that win! That win just really. So I was expecting a loss going in, maybe even playing on a Thursday in the SEC tournament, being really deflated. So, mm, hell of a win to end the season. Hell of a win to end the season. Um. Elsewhere, starting season, Batcats got their first sweep. Scoots, hey. the brooms swept Indiana State, and they did it with a walk-off win on Sunday. So the weather made them play a doubleheader on Saturday, then on Sunday, come from behind, walk-off win in the bottom of the ninth. Hell yeah, Batcats! Big time. They've got a guy named Zach Lee who's their pitcher, and mm-hmm. it just—I think it's hilarious. Every time I see it, I want to say exactly. Uh, I was like, "What's so funny about that?" My wife and I will text each other sometimes and it'll just be egg period zach period lee just really put a point Egg, across exactly. exactly gosh that is so lame you're so lame <laughs> you know it's not lame a texture goes mcrib question mark when you're trying to figure out your duke situation you said josh mick 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 mcroberts josh mcroberts close do you mcrib scoots no, hell no. I could see you being absolutely not. No. Oh, but you're a heartburn oh, guy, so that would tear you up. God, yeah. no. We, you know, and those we had those in high school as well, and people would the, eat the heck out of them. And I'm like, that is ri- so a gross. Rib sandwich. Ugh. No, I am not eating. People go hype when those come back. Not, not this guy. Yeah, no. yeah. I've, I've, I've eaten. Something similar in a pinch, and it's fine, but it's it's just, I'm, I'm good. I'd rather eat a tongue straight out of a cow's mouth than eat a McRib. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Not my favorite. <gasps> and he hit a Tim here. Seems as if they're letting the dunkers hang a little long as long as they don't do a pull-up. That's what it is. If you If you hang and you don't, like, Pull yourself up or do the Dave Chappelle show game blouses thing, and you're good. Refs don't want to see how strong you are. <laughs> don't want to show them up. <sighs> Man. I just blinked. <laughs> oh, we're done with text. That's weird. We never finish text with two minutes to go. Yeah. We did it. We did it. We did it. Thanks to uh, Kentucky win, we didn't get a ton of them. Had yeah, Kentucky was, lost, we'd still be reading text. It is weird how that thing works. <laughs> but as of now, we're planning to take a day off to refresh before the show. But uh, I don't know. Might feel froggy. Might see what happens today. Might get someone to help fill in. We'll see. We'll keep you in the loop. But uh, TJ's pressure. got one more day of his vacation. I'll be doing some things up in Ohio this week. Uh, William Brooks' grandfather rests. 95 years old. Wow. Lived That's a great life. Great life, yeah, no doubt. Um, 
A lot of grandkids. Was a principal for 38 years. So World War II veteran. So big salute to Grandpa Mattingly, who uh, great man, great man. Originally from Loretta, Kentucky, right down the road from. He's washing cars outside of Maker's Mark as his first job. Nice. Yeah. Hell of a job. Heck of a job. Heck of a man. Uh, rest in peace to him. We appreciate you all joining us today to tip off championship week. The Cats in the SEC tournament tipping off Friday. Championship games tonight, tomorrow, ACC tournament beginning. There's a lot of basketball happening in March, and we're excited for it. Here on Kentucky Roll Call, for Justin Kalen, I'm Nick Roush. We'll see you soon on the Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. I can't.